0: Hello everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you, we do tell you, what is happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called Ninjago. Now you could have, other people were running around calling it the Lego Ninjago movie. but I think the wrong. Lego
1: is just to throw it out there like, oh and it's one of those Lego movies, you know. Yeah, which, but which I should explain to you Which is are. a mark of excellence. You are a star and you are Justin Thoreau, wow. and I'm welcoming you to the show. Thanks.
0: And then we'll talk about Lord Garmadon and then okay, he is sure. evil yeah evil Justin, he's i I call him you know Darth Vader with a sense of humor, yeah, you know <laughs> it's yeah. just this but you explain who
1: he is he is i joke he he's uh he's the father of the green ninja uh who is also his nemesis, and we learned early on in the movie that it's actually his son because mm-hmm. he demasks um, and he's a, a an evil guy whose sole mission is to conquer ninjago, but he's constantly being thwarted by the ninjas uh. Sounds like a crazy person. Whenever I talk about, it. Um, <laughs> well, of course, yeah. I'm just imagining those people that have no idea. Well, about I was Injango. one of those people. Django yeah. no, is a, is, a, is a thing. It's, it's a, a TV show. Um, well, it's a city as well yeah. in the in the thing, but it's a, a franchise that that kids love like and i didn't know it even existed it's so under the radar but anyone with someone under a 10 year old or a 12 year old knows exactly what it is Mm -hmm. and freaked out when i told them i was doing it they're like oh my god you're doing ninjago you're going to be a celebrity with my son or whatever um so yeah it's this incredibly rich world that uh was previously created that lego is now doing or now doing a movie of and um and it's hilarious it's a hilarious sort of Mashup of a zillion different things, you know, like sort of big. Well, yeah, as opposed to the Star Wars with, you know, I'm your
0: father, Luke.
1: Yeah. Or Lloyd, in your yeah. case. Yeah, Lloyd. I mean, how do
0: you say it? It's like a. Lloyd. Lloyd, yeah. There's two. It's spelled L-L-O-Y-D. So one of
1: the jokes we made was that he constantly calls him Lloyd. Lloyd, Lloyd, to this. But
0: he, you know, he's basically being pitted against his own son who he could kill.
1: And yes, the whole family will enjoy. It. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's, it's just, it ends up becoming this sort of, you know, father-son does. sort of road story, you know, um, uh, and them reco- reconciling as much as they can, having, you know, left him when he was a baby. Um, and you bastard, uh, I know. Well, I joked that he was the one that got left. I was like, you, I, because he, he was married to Coco, who's was a, a, a warrior princess, mm-hmm. um, and they were married, and then. Uh, once she realized he was evil, she left him. So I say it's the story about an abandoned father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, why not? You yeah, know. I'm
1: trying to make him a little more sympathetic.
0: This guy is, even though he has a sense of humor, which is his redeeming feature to yeah. me, you know, he just can laugh about his own evil. Yeah.
1: Well, he's a complete and utter narcissist. Yeah. So everything is through the... He sees the world through the way everyone he thinks sees them, him. So... Um, that's what makes him, I think, hilarious. It's, is that he's this wonderful combination of does. completely stupid and completely confident, which is a wonderful combination. It is for a comedy. great
0: combination. But what is this with you and the villains? You know, I mean, even in the Zoolander movies, you're the evil DJ. Yeah. I don't even want to remind people of what you did to Emily Blunt and Girl I on know. The train. I don't want you to know. say it either. Rat. Yeah. Just. Why? Your own wife, Jennifer Aniston, I read a quote from her. She Uh. said, when you meet Justin, Mm -hmm. uh, you think maybe he could be a serial killer. (laughs) High praise. It really is. She goes on to say that you're really the nicest person in the world. That's nice. Why do you get... It? Well, it is. Yes. My wife wouldn't say that. She would No. no. Oh. But you're married, like, what? Yeah. A couple of years. A couple of years. Which is 20 years by Hollywood's uh, That's count. That's right. I know. Yeah. Two decades we're going on. Well, congratulations <laughs> on that one. But why... What is it when you get that kind of a role where people see something in you that looks like you might murder them?
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I black? couldn't speak to you. I think in, I wear black a lot. You're in I, uh, I, I'm... I'm, I'm dark-haired? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's, you know, I, I love playing villains. I mean, I, I could do them, a lot of times they're more interesting than the than the sort of the dashing lead, you know, so I love... Almost always. Yeah, almost always, yeah. you know, but I think it's, it's what is it they say that, um, you know, uh, dumb people cl- can't play smart, but smart people can play dumb, you know, <laughs> and I think it's the same thing. You probably have to be a nice guy to play bad. It's like if you ever met Robert De Niro, he's absolutely lovely, and um, but yet uh, Cape Fear would have you think otherwise. Yeah, he did sit in that chair, and I remember, yes,
0: and I remember saying, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, and, and he just doesn't see anything as a
1: villain, ever. It's because cool, yeah. of what I was saying earlier, which is I, I don't, villains don't see themselves as villains. They, they see themselves maybe as damaged or wronged, um, but a good villain, and this is a good villain, actually, um, their, their dilemma is usually rooted in psychosis. It's why... Mm-hmm. And you know, usually a good villain has some sort of an origin story. Even Max Cady had, you know, his, he, uh, you know, he was wronged by the lawyer and sent away to prison oh, for yeah. a long time. So in his mind you could make a case for him you know um and i think that's what good villains well in the same
0: floor Garmadon, you know he was just
1: built to be this evil war he's always been very upfront about who he is yes, yeah i'm a horrible person you know and this is what i want to do i want to you know build a life on the ashes of Ninjago. <laughs> <laughs> you know um and so in that sense he's, he's town, completely honest my ex-wife and my <laughs> yeah. son
0: live it. exactly i want this because they left, to left me. me yeah they left you know? me they're <laughs> yeah. just horrible people yeah I keep hearing when people do voices in animated movies that they uh, never really get to act with the people they co-star with. That
1: it's largely a solo endeavor, but it's not a solo. You're with your director, producers, writers um, uh, in the room, or in this case, our director was in Australia with the animators, so we'd link up via you know video conference. Um, and then... With the actors, we actually did a couple. I did a lot with uh, Dave Franco, and um, and we. Who did is Lloyd? Who is Leloyd? Oh, yeah. He plays my son. He is Laloid. Um And and then we did a, uh, one day with everybody, which was hilarious. Because I think the one thing the the Lego movies actually do very correctly is they get very good improvisers, a lot of writers, um, uh, to to be performers as well. So there's this kind of improvisation that ha- I mean, actors a lot of times take on. Too much credit for, you know, having written the thing, you know But it's, in this case, it's, it's true In that a lot of the, the sort of more off-center jokes Were created in the room, you know Things that you can't, you couldn't sit down and write You know, they have to come out of something
0: natural You just finished, I think, like w- One of the best things you've ever done on Leftovers Oh, thanks. This was just Thanks Incredible And, you know, even
1: though the guy is in every way screwed up mm-hmm. You feel for him I, you know, you have to give it up to the writers on that show, you know, and the directors, you know, it's... Um, well, you are a writer. I am a writer. So right away you have favoritism towards well, the... Well, no, war. but I know how much blood has been spilt on those scripts before I get them. So, um, so in that sense, I, I, you know, I have the utmost respect for what I'm being handed. And, you know, I mean, it was sort of a jump ball in the early episodes, you know, where I was kind of like and i wasn't sure what to do you know whether to trust everyone but after well we don't know the, either while we're watching it yeah of course yeah. yeah um but um but eventually you sort of just are lulled into the the, the beautiful writing and you just go alright, your job is just to service what they're trying to serve up you know well and they're serving up you know your twins
0: you're an international assassin yeah. but keeping a straight face while it's happening is
1: uh, i don't know yeah i don't i i you know when i'm on the set I'm, I'm sort of in it you know so or not in it I'm not thinking I'm that person but I'm I, I just try and again sort of on, there were a lot of times where I couldn't keep a straight face or had trouble keeping a straight <laughs> face just because of the absurdity of what the sort of the elastic sort of moves he was having me make as far as like International Assassin or you know drowning me in water I mean being laid on a seesaw and drowned and stuff like that having I'm to still, play like, twins and kill yourself yeah, and my own one out. of
0: you is a beard and the other one doesn't yeah, <laughs> I, I know <laughs>
1: Hilarious. No,
0: that's all shot. Yeah, and yet it's it's so full of warmth that show. In the it's end, it's a very it loving today. show.
1: I mean, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it, but you know, it is it is about love connection. Fam- it's a family show. You know, I mean, it's 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 not this is us, but it's it's mm-hmm. essentially a similar dynamic. It's about a, a a guy and a girl and a and kids and and wanting to have uh, some semblance of home you know and uh, and family yeah yeah
0: what what got you into this in the first place you know your family we all know your (coughs) mom's (coughs) writer and essayist dad's a lawyer Uh, uncle Paul Thoreau is a major writer Writer, travel and what's going on yeah and you've done screenplays and Mm -hmm. you know Tropic Thunder amazing job doing that well what, was it just part of the family when you sat around at dinner? They'd say,
1: whatever you do, you'll have to write no, as well. No, it wasn't. I really, I mean, it's a lot of tripping upstairs. I mean, there was no sure bets. There was no, you know, I wasn't able to call in any favors, really, you know, because I'm in such a different field than all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a series of, I think, good, good decision making on my mom's part as far as schooling because I was not a great student and she fought hard for me to get into the right, classes and things that i needed oh i heard you, you had a dyslexic yeah government. yeah mm-hmm. and um and so i mean I, if, if you told me i was going to be a, a write anything i would have been i would have laughed you know because I, I you know i can it takes me weeks to finish you know a leaflet um uh and so you know uh, uh she, you know and then i basically just started making right decisions i think on my own and some wrong decisions but you know um i really she always encouraged me to really just sort of do the next thing that I would enjoy doing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like sort of old, uh, almost cliche advice, but uh, I really took that to heart and I kind of would always kind of try and choose what I wanted to do as opposed to what I thought was smart to do or, um, and so I think those sort of, a series of mini risks paid off, you know, uh, to a certain but extent. But was it always the acting? Was that what No, you I mean, I, I went to school, I studied uh, language, art, uh, I thought I was going to be a painter for for and I kind of was for the first part of my career in New York. Um, did a lot of painting of murals and walls. I was a double major: visual art, drama, and uh-huh. um, and uh, and then. Have I you given it up? You, no, it, I still keep a sketchbook. Still yeah, mm-hmm. and um, occasionally we'll draw stuff, um, not professionally, but um, but you know I like to think that it would be a, a backup if all this falls apart. <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, I sketch, and so I basically just I, you know I, I would do art jobs, then I would get auditions, I would get a play, I would go do the play for a little bit, I'd bartend, I would do whatever, you know. Well, I remember
0: when I first saw you in Mulholland Drive, and there you are as this uh, again, director who mm. is being forced to choose the wrong girl for the part. Yeah, yeah. You know, and to yeah. do this, and I remember you going berserk on your wife for cheating on you <laughs> yeah. by painting her jewelry yeah. pink. <laughs> Dumping paint all over her jewelry. Yeah, it was just... <laughs>
1: She's with Billy Ray Cyrus. It was, well, have, then it was, he deserved it. I mean, it, you know, she deserved, she to deserved to have it, absolutely. She deserved it, absolutely. To do that. I know.
0: But what was it like with it? It's David Lynch and you. It's Friends, one of those you did things. Inland I mean, Empire, you
1: did, this is... Uh, There's times where you just think I'm a member of the F and Lucky Club, you know, and that was definitely one of those times. You know, I've had been fortunate enough to have a couple of those, but, um, you know, you get a call from David Lynch, you get a job with David Lynch, and it's... It's that's a dream. I mean, I was had been obviously a huge fan of his forever. Didn't know him, you know. Didn't know anything about him personally. I'm just thinking of that first, whether it was a phone call or a meeting. It was. It with was him. a. It was not a meeting. It was the casting of it was very strange. They put you on tape. Uh, they just said go in for this David Lynch thing. Mm-hmm. No script, um, and they said uh, they sat you down in front of a camera with the casting director asked you a series of questions you know what do you do what do you like to do hobbies that kind of stuff and then that tape goes off into the abyss and you and I forgot about it and then I got a call saying David would like to meet you you know and I thought oh my god and then I got on a plane that day flew out they said look you're going to go to the hotel and then the next morning you're going to go to David's house and meet I landed in Los Angeles they said you're actually going to go straight to David's from the airport so I thought like oh I'm not, uh, I was kind of, you know, disheveled. Cause I give wasn't me a planning minute. Out. Yeah, give me a minute. <laughs> Went to his house. He opened the door. You know, he's a very kind of okey-doke, hunky-dory kind of guy. I know he's Mel Brooks very... called
0: him Jimmy Stewart from Mars. Yeah, I, mean, he I always is. think that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, something. and he
1: was a. He was also, a, a, you know, an Eagle Scout. And he's very, <laughs> got a very Midwestern sensibility <laughs> and an excellent sense of humor. You're always um, expecting this dark. Yeah, you expect some, <laughs> you know, hunchback to show up at the door, you know, with a, you know with uh, lightning effects in the background, <laughs> yeah. but, but he bright as a penny, and he opens the door, hey, how are you, a cup of coffee, can't you go in, and we, ju- we talked about photography, we sat there and talked about his paintings, we were both painters, so we mm-hmm. shared that, um, then uh, he said, well, I'm kind of dying for you to read a couple of things with me, so we kind of just read it like, you know, just like we were pals reading something, it wasn't necessarily an audition, and then he just said, I'd love it if you would do this, and I thought, great, And then just as I was leaving, he said, I like what you look like. Can I photograph you? And I said, sure. And so Mm -hmm. he took a bunch of pictures of me. I was wearing my glasses. My hair was all messed up. And I think a dark jacket. And he said, I think this would be good for the thing. Well, in terms of you, if
0: people are saying they're looking at you, they've seen you, they have heard your voice playing garment and they know this. If you had to pick two or three of the movies or TV shows you made that you could say to the Martians that come down. Mm-hmm. these are me. This is what I feel I wanted to do when I became an actor. What would they be?
1: God. Well, certainly Leftovers. That's one of those mm-hmm. jobs that you have where you think this is a, a special thing and I'm going to enjoy it the entire time it's happening. Um, clearly, Mulholland Drive and even Inland Empire, which I, I know is sort of derided for its length, but I think is a fabulous spiritual movie. Maybe one of David's most personal movies. Um, certain things on stage that uh, can't be repeated, but um, uh, if I'd li- I, I've, I've liked every job. Even when I haven't liked a job, I've learned something from the job. So uh, there's no, no, uh, you know, it's, it is like picking children. You kind of go like, eh, that one's not so great, but I love it well, nonetheless. Like Charlie's Angels, like two, yeah. I loved. I could have done that movie three times in a row. I just had a blast doing it, playing a big villain guy with a bad Irish accent, you know, like, it was <laughs> fabulous, like, I, I really enjoyed it um, so it's not, you know, it's not Mulholland Drive, but it, at the same time, I... Well, it doesn't have to be, I yeah. think
0: it's when you're talking about it for you, it's not what anybody else is yeah. saying It was the first it's, time I had
1: worked on a movie of that scale you know, where they had me walking through fire and, and effects and all that and so that was just kind of I mean, it's 14 it's year old kid stuff, you know was like, hey, uh, you know, if someone had told me when I was 14, I was going to be able to walk through fire with a hatchet and uh, no, no, you, know, you can't. You know we you would like not crack. believe them yeah, you, you wouldn't can't really it. this isn't it it. you've done a lot so of things like that that <laughs> yeah. people would say
0: well, no yeah. I can't do that I exactly. can't be Lord Garvin yeah. you know exactly well this is the first time you've been on the show so you don't yeah. know that we always end in song what are you going to sing I'll sing with you, but it's, it's for you. <laughs> Your wife did it. She did it with what no protesting at all. Oh. I'm going to have them send you that because God you're blessed. involved in it. What in did some she way. sing? Do you remember? I can't remember exactly what that was, but she sang beautifully. I don't think beautifully. beautiful. I, listen, I'm gonna put I've it seen out Leftovers.
1: There. You. <laughs> That's right. Homeward Bound is in there. You I karaoke. Was, I don't think I carried that song. And, I think. Well. well, we
0: don't. We have to do a full song. We just do a. A little phrase or a bit. Oh, okay. It's so easy. It's what? just,
1: it's the morning. How do I choose it? Mm, you could have done it before. I could do a rap song if you, you can. want. You I can. Think do I anything. Can, I can do a rap. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, Slick Rick did a song called Children's Story, which uh, I loved many years ago. I'm sure many of the words will be wrong, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a narrative. Uh, right. And it goes like this well, Once upon a time, not long ago, where people wore pajamas and lived, lie slow. Loss of Stern and Justice stood and people were hyping like they're all too good. The little little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you, Tyke, were gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop. It's like he had a disease, he robbed another and another, and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a undercover. The cop grabbed a zombie, started acting, he the key, he said, keep still, boy, no need for static. Punch him in his belly, then he gave him a slap, but little did he know the little boy was strapped. The kid pulled out a gun, he said, why'd you hit me? The barrel's aimed straight for the cop's kidney. Cop got scared the kid he starts to figure. All the years if I pull this trigger so he cold dash. and ran around the block. Cop radios into another lady cop. Ran by a tree there he saw the sister. Shot for the head he shot back when he missed her. Looked ground good from expectations he decided he'd head for the subway station. So she was coming so he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Talking old man, I don't know where to stop. Cause it will go on forever I know, but and ever look and ever at that. Again.
0: That was great. The, oh yeah, it was. There Come on, go. the I don't guy who sang How does "Homeward Bound" yeah. go? Why uh, do we sing that song? And, here, and then he Bound. says, "Okay, I know, I'll I know this but Those are easier to and remember. you sure it is? Uh, yeah, oh, no, it's not. <clears throat> you are <laughs> devious, man, Justin Thoreau. Thank you very much. You had all that. Yeah, <laughs> it's meant as a real compliment. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Right.